and I welcome you on this Christmas Eve. What, the, what better place could they be to kick off a celebration of Jesus Christ, his birth? Uh, the service tonight will be an hour, uh, maybe a little bit less. Uh, I know that uh, some of you men have some shopping to do down at Walgreens because it's open all night. Uh, I, I had been there before, but I made a vow that I would shop early this year. I was there this morning when the door opened, so uh, <laughs> certainly want to accommodate you in that. But what better place could we be tonight? This uh, Christmas season, this December, uh, we've chosen the theme uh, Christmas drama, okay? And I think probably the first thing that comes to mind when we hear Christmas drama is the Christmas plays or the, the Christmas pageants in schools or in churches. And uh, I just love uh, the story of Wallace Perling. This is a true story. This happened in Indiana uh, back, I think, in the 1960s. Wallace Perling was uh, a second grader, but he was big. Uh, and so they decided to give him the role of the innkeeper. Uh, his height might be a little imposing, uh, they assumed, and they thought that he would probably do a good job. Mary and Joseph knocked on the door and asked for there was any room in the end. Uh, Joseph said, sir, we have searched in vain. We've traveled very far. We're very weary. My wife is about to give birth. There is no other room in town. There is no room in this inn for you, Wallace said, with all the sternness that he had been coached to say. Please, Joseph said, good innkeeper, this is my wife, Mary. She's heavy with child. She needs a place to rest. Surely you must have some corner for her. And it was at that point that everyone in the church started noticing that the innkeeper was relaxing his rigid stance a bit. And he was looking down at Mary. And there was this long, awkward pause, long enough to make the audience very, very tense, uh, wondering if Wallace was getting cold feet and was going to spoil the play. The prompter offside, off stage, whispered loudly from the wings, Be gone, be gone. And that kind of woke Wally up from his own thoughts, and, and he repeated, Be gone, be gone. And brokenhearted, Joseph put his arms around his wife, and Mary laid her head on his shoulders. And as the two of them turned to leave, while he stood there in the doorway, he was watching this forlorn couple, and the tears were starting to well in his eyes. Don't go, Wally cried out. Don't go. You can have my room. Some people in town thought that the pageant had been ruined, but there were others, in fact, many others, who considered that Christmas play, the greatest of all pageants they had ever seen. You see, Wallace Perling did exactly what Christ came to earth to do for us. And the call to us is, will we open up our hearts and let the Lord of love in to live within us? Christmas dramas. Tonight I'd like to talk with you about what I consider, in my opinion, the two greatest Christmas dramas of all time. Number two, Les Miserables. 
No, not really set in Christmas, but let me explain. For those of you who are familiar, I hope I won't bore you, but others, let's just bring you up to date. As Les Miserables opens, it's a cold, bleak night that's falling as Jean Valjean, just relieved from prison after 19 years, is seeking a place to stay in the town of Dignes in the south of France. He has a yellow passport with him. That brands him as an ex-con. And so he's turned away from inn after inn. Uh, I think that happened 2,000 years ago when the innkeepers had no room for the Son of God either. Well, without shelter, Jean Valjean prepared to sleep on a stone bench in the frigid French Alps air. But then the, a church door opened and an elderly woman emerged and, and she saw his plight and, and she urged him to knock at the door of the small house next to the church. Well, much to his amazement, instead of being turned away, he, he's welcomed in, he's fed a hot, nutritious meal, he's seated at a table with a linen tablecloth and silver utensils, and, and then he's led by his host to a bedroom with clean sheets and warm blankets. And Valjean is just amazed, and he mutters that he hadn't slept in a bed with a mattress and sheets for 19 years. He said to his host, you're not like all the other innkeepers in town. Oh, I'm not an innkeeper, said the host. I'm the bishop, and this is not my house. It's the house of Jesus Christ. Well, Valjean turns in and falls asleep. But you know, sometimes old ways died hard. And after a few hours of sleep, Valjean wakens long before dawn. And he hatches a plot to get some badly needed money. He slips out of his room and goes to the kitchen where he steals the silverware. And he slips away into the night. But he doesn't get very far. The French police, wary of this ex-con, are on the alert, and they seize him right away. We're going to watch a clip of that 1998 movie as Jean Valjean is taken back to the bishop who's supposed to identify him and press charges.
so we'll use wooden spoons. I don't want to hear anything more about it. I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes. Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. Really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madame Gino, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. That's why Christ came, to buy us back, to buy us back from a life of sin and selfishness. He died in our place on a cross, and that, my friends, is grace. And that's what Christmas is all about, grace. We have a hard time comprehending grace. Most would say that the bishop was a fool, that he should have pressed charges, that he would just do it again. But no, that's a picture of grace, the grace, the kind of grace that God offers you and me. What is grace? Someone took those letters, used it as an acrostic, and said that grace is all of God's riches for you at Christ's expense. He paid the price for our salvation, for our forgiveness, for our freedom. Grace is God not giving us what we deserve, the punishment for our sins. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve, the gift of his son dying so that whoever receives him as Savior and Lord receives the gift of eternal life in God's heaven. At the end of the service, you'll be lighting your candle. Tonight, you may be at a table, a dinner table, and there may be candles on a candlestick. Tomorrow, same thing. 
Friend, would you let that candlestick remind you that Jesus, the light of the world, he drives out the darkness of sin and self that causes the drama, that causes the conflict, that causes the pain, that causes the heartache. Let the candle remind you that the Son of God came to die the death you and I deserve for sinning against God. And instead, God offers us his grace. Oh, God, help us to tonight face the reality of your plan, your eternal plan of redemption for you, for us. Your Father, you sent your Son so that we could have life, so that we could have forgiveness of sin, so that we could live with you forever and ever, something we do not deserve. But you're a God of grace, and you gave it to us. Thank you, dear Father, for sending your Son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, the light of the world. He broke the darkness of sin and evil and gave us the privilege of experiencing your light and life in us. And Father, may that be a reality. May that be something that we just do not know, but something that we experience in our life as Jesus, the light of the world, lives in us. In his name we pray, amen. Would you stand with us and sing light of the world. Thank you.